on this week's episode, there's good news this year in pop culture. Are you ready to suit up for another Magic Mike? And what's the deal with Warhammer? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is yeah. Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five. I almost feel like doing the wave sometimes. Five. Five. <laughs> oh, sorry. Five, five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Vampires, and Vitae. Plus, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. So you, you can, if you can, catch any one of our just tremendous games that we have each and every week whether it's Roger, whether it's Robbie, whether it's Melinda, whether it's Midge, whether it's any one of our great games that we have going on. Hopefully we can get Victor to get some more games on our channel as well. It is greatly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without some good friends joining me on today's program. It's our usual co-host sitting in the co-host chair, along with her significant other, and also her compadre on many a tabletop RPG game, plus also her partner in crime every Monday on the Demolition Force that we all tag team up on and give Roger a hard time. Just the point. Yes, yes. Well, they are my good friends. (laughs) It is. Melinda and Rob. Melinda Barkhouse and Robbie Ross. Great to have you both here. And thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. This would be my first time on your show. So thank you, first of all. for No, no, no. Last week you were on. This is true. I made a little Easter egg appearance. It's true. And you have been a voice off to the side a few times as well. Eh, well, That's wrong. That's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. That's not how that works. Yeah, exactly. But but I will tell you, we are going to have a great show. It isn't a jam-packed pop culture week. So we had to kind of dig a little bit for some nuggets of good pop culture things. One of the things that we're going to be looking at over the course of this month, as we end 2021, are good news items this year in pop culture. Robbie and Melinda already came up with a couple of good ideas. And one of the things I also want to talk about is Marvel's return to television in the form of Disney+. Plus. So we're going to talk about how impactful that has been. That's going to come up later in the program. Plus, Melinda and Rob, they might be having a little bit of an evil eye act going on when we talk about some Magic Mike 3. Could that be in the works? We'll find yeah. out coming up here in the program. I, I cannot exactly blame you if you think Magic Mike is <laughs> yeah, an attractive right. male. I think, I think that the world understands. Understands and yeah. agrees, yeah. Plus also, Warhammer. What is Warhammer? What's oh, Warhammer 40K? 
What's all this deal about Warhammer? And why should you care? Our resident expert, Robbie Ross, is here today to explain to you and give you the hard sell on why Warhammer is the thing you got to get more interested in. So you want me to be crucified in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that as well. But first up, you two, I wanted to go ahead and give props to Hawkeye, the series. I know the series is not according to the latest numbers or projections that's out there not doing as well as the previous Marvel TV efforts, which I think just lends to the fact that when I was on the MCU's Bleeding Edge, that some of the guests were very receptive of the series. Some of the guests were like, why should I care? Because Hawkeye has been, over the course of the past decade, a character which not everybody loves, not everybody appreciates. The fact that the guy has really no superpowers other than he can shoot an arrow really good, why should we care? Well, this series is really trying to make you care about the character along with some many other things that it's trying to do. But I want to hear first your thoughts, Melinda and Rob, either which one of you go first, it doesn't matter. Your thoughts on Marvel's Hawkeye. Well, I I think we need a Hawkeye character because we need to understand the base human line (laughs) for what humans are capable of. And then you have everybody with their superpowers on top of that. So I think that giving the human with the incredible talent for shooting arrows well, as it has been said. He makes arrows too. He He, makes arrows too. Okay, he makes them as well. (laughs) There's definitely room to expand that character more. And I'm glad that he has a series and, and I'm glad that it's delving a little bit more into his story. I think he is a very interesting character. I just don't know that he's been utilized all of the correct ways. I agree with you on that. I also think that Jeremy Renner, I like him as an actor. I appreciate the Hawkeye character. He's actually my favorite adventure, but trying to sell him to the outside world has been hard because he himself is a low key actor. Even when he's in leading roles, he's kind of low key. He's not animated. He's not, you know, the personality doesn't really emote out there. But with the passing of the torch to Haley Steinfeld, the next 10 years for the Hawkeye character could be vastly different. And I think that's what one of the main goals of this series is. It's trying to do so many things, trying to get you more familiar with the life of the current Hawkeye, but get you set up for the next Hawkeye, plus introduce or reintroduce some characters that's been hinted upon here in the past couple episodes. Like, for instance, Echo, who's going to get her own series next year, maybe early 2023. I think that that sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, and she looks like a great character. Obviously, what's going on with the possible Madame Mask, the possible Swordsman, the Kingpin has been hinted upon. Uh, You got to see his arm giving a a kid Echo, like the little tap right there on the cheek. Uh-huh. <laughs> From Uncle Kingpin. Sure. Sorry, not right? Yeah, right. Yes. Well, well Vincent D'Onofrio yeah, has not been shy about hinting that his return is imminent into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's something I think a lot of people are really liking, which means the Daredevil is not going to be too far behind. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we might actually see the Daredevil. Yes. So we're getting prepared for that. But, I think the, the Daredevil itself is one of, talking about going straight to TV, to Marvel, I think Daredevil is one of the most positive takes on the character. I mean, Ben Affleck did a good job. I enjoyed that. I didn't exactly enjoy the introduction of, was it Elektra that they Electra, brought in yeah, yeah, during that one? But I think that when they truly succeeded on the WB was with the Daredevil series. You know, you mean and, on Netflix. Yes, yes, sorry, Netflix. But when it comes to like Hawkeye and people not really getting the character. That was us. 
I mean, like that was the actual audience member. Like we kind of rode with him. Yes. You know, I mean, he even makes a great line of like, none of this makes sense. I'm a guy that's shooting arrows against monsters. I mean, that's a paraphrase, but I mean, like, yes, none of this makes sense. I'm surrounded by people that should definitely be here. And I'm the guy that doesn't fit. So I think that kind of ingratiated, at least myself, to that particular character. Also, I think that critics and even the user critics, they're not looking at this show correctly. This is supposed to be a holiday show. It's Christmas-based. You know what I mean? It's episodical. So this is something that you can watch over the holidays with your family and have an episodic experience with a Disney Christmas spin with one of the most relatable and human characters that are in the MCU. So if, I think that if you look at it through that gaze and not through an Avenger ending events, you know what I mean? Like you're not expecting aliens to come out of the sky and take over the world and Thanos to show up. Instead, if you look at it more of a personal journey, which he's always had, I mean, look at his heartbreak, his family disappearing. The first thing that you are really sad about him, that moment was huge. The snap. Yeah, right? Like the, the beginning of the snap. And even though that the movie before it really did a great job with, you know, like Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Or, you know, the, you know, all that kind of pieces, all that emotion. And instead of losing an Avenger, we lost a family. And you saw how it turned him yeah. and created the monster known as Ronan as right. he went out. I wouldn't say monster, but I would say vigilante, per se, creating his own justice in the world, going out after organized crime and all those individual evil people out there in the real world of our human world that survived the snap. And it allowed him to go ahead and say, you know what, I have nothing to live for. My family has already been snapped. Yeah. So, you know what, I'm going to go and make your lives miserable and take you down with me if I have to. So you see that effects. I love the fact that they're connecting or trying to connect these dots at least a little bit to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I personally am liking this series. It's getting a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's got, uh, you know, a certified fresh. So it is one of the better, I guess, uh, appreciated critic wise, as far as it's concerned of the four series that has come to Marvel and Disney plus. So I'm, I'm appreciating from that standpoint, again, from the popularity standpoint, it's not being ingratiated according to the early numbers as well as the other four, as the other three series, which is a kind of a shame because again, this is the most human, this is the most relatable yeah. story of these four that we have. I mean, these fantastical stories of these superheroes, you know, these other three, like you said, I mean, that's the world we always fantasize about, but it's the real human story of hawkeye that you know is so out there it's been waiting to be told and now it's kind of being told and now not of people i think are buying into it which is a shame because again this is such a great story such a great story and such a, a great way to tell it and well, the fact that you're it's, a, it's also something that we all can relate to as yeah. being a hero in your own world like i'm just trying to get home for christmas that's the basis, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I was just going to actually bring that up yeah. was, uh, is, uh, we just wait until that week between Christmas and new year's where everybody is actively avoiding going to see family again. Right. And you're just going to stay home and, and binge some Hawkeye yeah. between the, you know, the holidays coming up. So it's beautifully produced. The show's, yeah. I mean, like it's graphically exceptionally pleasing. Yeah. I think it's going to end up being once Christmas gets closer, the holiday events that everyone, I just think it's just too early. You know, we're like, you already get the lifetime movies coming on right now. And I roll my eyes when my mom's watching one of them. I'm like, Oh God, really? It already starts. Well, Sam Holly movies. channel has been playing in our yeah. car yeah. Much, <laughs> much yeah. for the past month. Anyway, well, this will be yeah. a fresh take. How many episodes do you know for sure? Three. Is, is 
is it's just, no 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 uh, six. Oh, six, six six total. so that means that gives you six little mini movies that are completely different if you're not a fan of holiday movies i think it's kind of like it's diehard yeah, it's, it's a very oh, diehard motif that's exactly where i was going it's a holiday movie for people that want to see something that is holiday-ish even though bruce willis will not agree with us Die Hard is the best christmas movie ever that's already been a, this, on my on our show that's my vote that's, that's yes. why josh yeah. and i went back and forth on this last year yep, check no, that out please if you can th there's reasons why we're friend gerald <laughs> I, I, mean, I completely agree with you bruce willis be damned it's a christmas movie like it's um no i i think that's what's going to happen and i think it just takes people getting ready to watch christmas movies because like I don't watch Christmas movies until the week of Christmas. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit down. I, I mean, even great movies like The Grinch or, you know what I mean? Like, or Elf. Jingle, yeah, Elf, Jingle All the Way. You know, those movies, those feel good movies. Like, I don't watch any of those until a week before Christmas. So I think the populist demand and response to it is going to be much different coming up until those holidays. And like Melinda said, I think they're going to binge. Yeah. You know, they're waiting for it. And with the way Disney Plus actually releases their episodes in their episodic structure, where they release it in a traditional week by week format, as opposed to the oftentimes Netflix style. Netflix seems to have its own rules based on whatever show that they're doing. Sometimes they'll sure. release all of it out there, sometimes they'll release it week by week. Nobody knows, seems to know what they're doing as far as what Netflix is up to next. But, you know, it's worked for Netflix so far, yeah. so you can't really argue with their success. But when it comes to Disney Plus, the fact that they don't have as much content to draw from that's new and fresh, when something like this comes along, they're trying to go ahead and keep your interest out over the course yeah. of the next six weeks yeah. or yeah. five weeks in this case, because they put the first two episodes up. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Again, this this series is a show that has so much it needs to do. It needs to tell Jeremy Renner's story. It needs to tell Haley Steinfeld's story. Plus, it needs to initiate you to so many other characters that we're seeing. It's really hard to do. But yet, I find, Melinda, that it's really doing this job well so far. Don't you? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that the show is going to accomplish all of the things that it needs to accomplish. I think that it really, it, I think it's a victim of the time of year and how busy people are right now. And I really do think that that push as we get closer to the holidays when you're sitting at home. Yeah, maybe. maybe avoiding doing some chores or avoiding cooking that fruitcake. You'll sit down and well, watch some. That's Hawkeye kind of the instead. problem, though. There's not six weeks of Christmas. There's only four weeks of Christmas. So... Correct, but there is seven days between Christmas and New Year's. So you think they should have just staggered it day by day? Like, no, no, I, do... no, no. I think that they're, they're. I think they're doing it right. They're releasing it, and then by the time we're ready to sit yeah, down and binge end it, on, yeah, so yeah, you get all of it. Here's a good question for you, Gerald. What do you think the response would have been because they got six episodes if they just would have done the six days leading up to Christmas? Like, like started I think on that would have been actually the best 19th. way to do it. You have a streaming platform that is devoid of fresh content. I mean, yeah. you released a lot of content on what was a Disney Plus day, and that was great, but you don't have much behind it. Yeah. I mean, you've had the Beatles get back is the major release after Disney Plus day. And yeah. that's been it so far. And that's just got... for the parents, too. That's not even for the yeah. kids. You're cutting out yeah, half the platform. Exactly, because it has uh, smoking, which is bad for you. You know, got to know. And it also has some language and mature themes, according to Disney, which is really bad. Yes. Well, Netflix just throws homes. it out there. Next, yeah. Netflix is just so funny because it just throws it out there and says, don't let the kids watch it, but, you know, it's there. So yeah. 
with Netflix though, it is they're trying to fight this uphill battle. But one of Netflix's main advantages because they just have a sheer amount of content. I mean, we've talked about the Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime, right. but what else right now is going on in Amazon Prime? We oh, talked no. about certain things on HBO Max, and obviously the Matrix Resurrections is coming up. That's going to be day and date. Oh, to that's HBO their Max hallmark right now. But what else right do they have right now that's coming along with it? Peacock, same thing. Saved by the Bell. Everybody's talking about this next you know series, this next season, and all that. But what's coming up behind that? That's the thing with all these other ones. But with Netflix, I mean, Melinda, every single week we were talking about something. One yes. or two or three things when it comes to Netflix. Especially That's the their anime that series. Have. Their anime has just gone through the roof. And they're exactly. doing all so, their, I mean, like, they, they pretty much reinvented the uh, voice actor genre. Yeah. I mean, the COVID happened. They're just like, no, people can't go. People can't work. We already have all these incredible anime shows. Let's just... The voice actors can do this at home. Get they got to they, they yeah. look at all of us. I mean, like, and we're not pros. So, like, if you can have a pro with a pro set up, they can do all the work at home, and you can just push out series after series after series. But and you wanted gotta, to talk about why Disney Plus is doing the things that they're doing. That's the reason. They just don't have enough fresh content that they can throw at you. That's why they're doing something like the Hawkeye that they're doing over the course of the next five weeks. And that's something, again, that hopefully will, people will appreciate. But is Hawkeye on Disney Plus? We're liking what we see so far. But do you like what you see so far from Disney's Hawkeye? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W where's the controller? Uh, that's it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You've just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's the Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Uh-oh. I feel the end of a marriage <laughs> coming on because <laughs> rumors have saying? now become valid. Director Steven Stoddberg. Some great movies under his belt. I just want to go ahead and make sure to let everybody know that, yes, besides Magic Mike, he has a ton of great works under his belt. He and... It's a legitimately good movie. It's just a lot of gyration. Yes, uh, it is a lot oh, of gyration, it's yes. It's, yes. It's, heart, it's heartfelt secular. But we've had that before. It, it mean, actually I'm... is a good movie. If people get a chance to see the original Magic Mike, it is actually a, a pretty good movie. I mean, that's, that's the reason why it stuck is because the fact that not only is it the content of the fact, yes, they do gyrate, and and I know that, that a lot of ladies go out there and enjoy the, what they're seeing. And they actually, uh, actually, my wife's, uh, they've actually gone out as parties and gone actually going to go see the first two movies. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was offered the job to be the bartender at Magic Mike. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It really was. And they're and like, what happened? They're like, you need, we'll hire you in two months and we'll do a personal trainer, blah, blah, blah. But like, you have to stop. Eat, essentially eating anything you like for the next two months and i was like oh, man i'm a good enough bartender to get a job most places in vegas so and also i was uh, i was dating the wife at the time i'm like you know what 
you can open the door to opportunity, but sometimes you just show it to misery. You know what I mean? Like it's just not a good scenario. You're talking about magic mics here in Vegas. Yeah, the magic mic. Yes, yes. I was I was gonna say if you pass up a bartender gig on the actual movie set, I'd be like, Yeah, then we would be having a very different kind of conversation. Yeah, there's a show in Vegas called Magic Mike. It's a male review. And uh, they were looking for a bar manager at the time. Uh, I come with 20 years of experience, so the interview was great. They're like, Yeah, you just gotta get in magic mic shape. Will help you out. I'm like, ah, this is just a bad idea. This is just a bad idea. But the problem is, not only you have to get in that shape, you have to stay in that shape. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, right. really hard to do because yeah. that requires logging. And I think that's something that you know, maybe Channing Tatum reason why that they haven't done a Magic Mike three unless they actually got a good story with him and St- Stephen Soderbergh was the fact that you have to do so much in order yeah, to make it make it worth it for him. You know, yeah. he, you know, someone point, like Kevin Nash, who in the professional wrestling world has been retired now for over a decade, but yet one of his famous movie roles is in magic Mike one and two. Yeah. And ask him now in his mid fifties, if he does return to go ahead, okay, we want you to go ahead and do something like that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Cause all these guys, you know, the most of these actors that have been part of the series, they're now in their thirties, forties and fifties. And it's really hard to ask this, but it is Magic Mike 3. I'm assuming they're going to introduce some new characters as well with some new abs, I'm sure, that to go along with yeah. it. So. I, I just hope that everybody's D&D daddy, Joe Meganello, comes back. Right. <laughs> we'll see on that. Maybe he's been playing too many D&D games. <laughs> yeah. I highly doubt that. D&D. Oh, really? Do snacks. you? Snacks are always on the table for D&D, so... Yeah, I'm sure he's eating celery sticks and carrots. I highly doubt that he's <laughs> pulling out chocolate chip cookies and donuts. He does have to keep up with his wife, and that's a yes, lot to keep up with. absolutely. So. Okay, so your thoughts, Melinda, on this. And, and remember, your husband is sitting right next to you. Yeah, and uh, if he was here or not, I would say the same thing. I don't know that we need a third Magic Mike movie. But well, the he... first two have made money. The, I mean, it's this <laughs> series, it. It, it, there's been a long gap between Magic Mike 2 and 3, not because of the fact that it's money. Because both were profitable. The first two were very profitable. And uh, first one actually earned a lot of acclaim. That's one of the best movies that came out that year. Yeah, and Magic good. Mike 2 was, was, was very movie. positively received. So it's not an issue of money. I think it's just an issue of the finding the right plot. Plus also getting these characters to go ahead and get into that kind of shape. Just like what Rob was talking about as far as working locally for Magic Mike here in Vegas. It's really hard to get and stay in that shape. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? If you're going to make millions of dollars off of it, your butt better get to the gym and put down that donut. Oh, if they were like, yo, Rob, you're going to make a million dollars bartending. I'm sure as well as eating <laughs> boiled chicken and broccoli <laughs> from now to whenever they told me I'm not going to make millions of dollars. Like, yes. I mean, I think there is a very large difference. But I mean, like, you can't just look at Magic Mike for it's like sex appeal. I mean, think about the movie Showgirls. Is Showgirls just about sex appeal or is Showgirls like a very in-depth ideal of what it would be to work in a dancing community? You know what I mean? I think that's a great illusion in between the two of them because you look at Showgirls. Have as... you seen Showgirls? Oh, yeah, of course. It was one of the <laughs> yes, first times I got so to see I. something unblurred on the <laughs> like on the thing. Like, <laughs> so bad. Well, it's true, but I mean, like, uh, but, but I actually thought that there was a lot in there. I don't think it was just sex appeal. I thought that it was you know, some actual writing behind it. You could find well, Paul Verhoeven's a great director, yeah. but oh, he, some of his work really gets yeah. lost because like, for instance, with Showgirls, I think Showgirls just had some bad acting, to be quite honest with you. Well, they brought in a big name from Saved by the Bell and 
You know, she has so much fun with it. They had another, they had fun with it on a recent episode of Say by the Bell where they were all oh, really? uh, talking. Yeah, they were referring <laughs> to it. Yeah. yeah. It's because no. it's become a, such a cult classic. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, maybe that's where my love comes from because it is a cult classic. I mean, but you, you can have something that is uh sexually explicit but still really really in touch with like a base storyline and i think that's where the beauty of like magic mike uh like one comes from it's just a good story that just happens to be have in a more raunchy setting yeah uh, but the classic stripper with a heart of gold story yeah i mean i mean it's been what do you but that's what the tango is based on yeah i mean if, if a dance that rocked the entire world from that much time can be about exactly that yeah then you know, there's something there. I mean, it's just an old story. It's an old profession. It's an old ideal. So that means that we should give it the relevance that it deserves. Uh, but when it comes to Magic Mike 3, there's it's a bit of a cash grab. You know what I mean? Like, it really is. There's a reason that the actor from 300 didn't come back. Because he just couldn't. He couldn't do it on his body. You know what I mean? Like, Unitas, yes, he was dead. But he doesn't come back in any, you know... Uh, flashbacks or things that they said to him. He's like, I can't do it anymore. My draw Butler. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's I, I just can't possibly do it. My knees won't let me lift up the weight that I personally, my mind wants me to lift. Like I just can't physically get there. And Unitas is a very famous and beloved character because what they brought on the screen was just beautiful. I mean, talk about a graphic novel coming to life in your face, mm -hmm. especially for the time period that it was put out in. And he's he's like, no, because I want them to leave with a memory of me like that. Now, I wonder if Chatham has that same fear. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Now, well, it's, I don't think he it's does tongue yet. in cheek, and no, it's not as nearly as artistic or whatever as something like 300. Plus, I think he's also at a crossroads in his career because when sure. was the last time he really did something? I, I think he did, he did Dog now, which is getting yes. some acclaim here. He was yeah. just in Free Guy. Was he just? Yep. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, briefly, yeah. But he's. Oh, okay. Movie. That might have been part because remember I fell asleep in that movie watching that movie three times. So I did finally finish it. So I mean, <laughs> oh it just wasn't as endearing to me. As, uh, Ryan Reynolds, PG thirteen. So it's, it's a hard deal for me. Yeah, Ryan yeah, Reynolds rated R is great. Ryan yeah. Reynolds PG thirteen is a different story. True. Speaking of uh, what we were talking about with Showgirls, please. Do not make a rehash of Showgirls. No, that's no, not no. the Paul Verhoeven thing you want to make. I was just Starship Troopers. Yes. Oh, please. Showgirls. No. Please. Yeah. Just I wanted to make that, sure that's clear. I love that no one realized that Starship Troopers were supposed to be satirical. They all took it as like, like, yeah, like, like for years. I didn't. And, I thought it was. I thought it was great then, it was, and I thought it was a great yeah. film. It's yeah. a great yeah. film. Absolutely think this is a movie. That's. That's something that needs to be redone, but that's yes. a, another topic for another day. But it is Magic Mike 3. Hopefully, it will not end any marriages whenever it finally comes out, <laughs> especially this one between Melinda and Rob. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I know my wife is already starting the party to go ahead and check out the movie, I'm sure, at some point when it does come out in the future. Well, Gerald, here's a question for you. Oh, like, here we go. Like, okay, yeah, so right? <laughs> they made... Buckle up. Yeah, they, they made three uh, shades of gray, right? And the book is not very good. Like it, it I mean, like and the and more... the movies are critically just lambasted, but yeah, that didn't right. stop people from going because that's, especially that's with what those. I was. Going. It, yeah. It's become a thing. It's a bunch of uh, people that are into that particular setting get together. They go out and have cocktails. They go watch the movie. I mean, like it's it's it, it's built as a vehicle for cash. It's not built for a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, Red Notice. Red Notice is the yeah. all-time leading movie, most popular movie ever on Netflix now. 
yeah. and it did in such fast is it a great movie absolutely not it is one also, of the most reviled movies of the year yeah but yeah. it's also has three of the most charismatic people ever just grace they're this just the reason screen. why they're and they're they're acting like they're just cashing in a paycheck rob oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah but, no, but it, it you know is it the you know people didn't care they wanted to go see three three famous actors three you know headliners on there that's great that's what they did the tomorrow war on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Why did that do so well? You know, yeah. that was something that they people thought was going to be a movie that they wanted as an event movie and a popcorn flick. Is the movie terrible? Beyond all description. But yeah. that didn't stop millions and millions of people. <laughs> Plot makes check it out. how much sense? Like zero sense. Yeah, don't okay. get me started this part. Well, actually, you know, that's I'm, I'm the odd I'm the odd man out because I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> well, okay, Melinda, then you and I are going to be having discussion yeah, later yeah. this year on the best and worst of My movie taste is all in my mouth. What can I say? Well, the best and worst in 2021 <laughs> is coming up later this year, so definitely we're going to discuss that if that's the case, yeah. but yeah. Yes, it is Magic Mike 3. It's coming to a theater, maybe probably 2023 i'll probably say because of the current climate we're in i don't see a 2022 but i say a 2023 could be a feasible thing so let me hear your thoughts out there if you're ready to go ahead and watch the shaking even more in magic mike 3 please let us know pop culture cosmos can i get that can i get that visual one more time gerald (laughs) shaking right now i'm shaking i'm shaking well coming up after the break Rob is going to sit us down and send us to class because class will be in session. What class is that? It's a class in Warhammer. He's going to go ahead and give us the whole synopsis on why you need to become a Warhammer fan. And what's the deal with Warhammer anyways? We'll find out. And also some good news in pop culture for 2021. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friends and compadres on many of a journey that we take each and every month, each and every week, right here at the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. That is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus also, if you go to Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, you will not only see the tremendous Vampires and Vitae, which they do and produce, which you got to go ahead and catch wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also as well, you got to catch them trying to go ahead and make Roger's life miserable every Monday, which we all try <laughs> to do on the Demolition Force. Plus, Rob himself gets a headache on camera as he goes ahead and guides everybody on his whimsical one shot on lot Tuesdays. Yes, lot he was this. actually had a full head of hair when he started. <laughs> And then also, guide- our last game of Vampires and Vitae, I think I stumped him a couple times. There you go. And then also guiding Melinda as well, helping her out, stre- or stressing her out on her mm-hmm. adventures as well. You want to go ahead and check that out each and every week on Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we also drop the latest news and trends in pop culture right there on Facebook. So just go ahead, give us a like right there, and then follow everything. And then we give you the links. Plus, catch Vampires and Vitae again wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're here. It's just something that we've been talking about behind the scenes for quite some time. So I am a little bit familiar with the Warhammer series. Okay. I'm also a little bit familiar with the Warhammer 40K series. 
Okay. But people out there, I think, either don't have a great knowledge of it or don't have uh, any knowledge of it because it seems like this series is kind of niche. This series, uh, both of I, them are kind of out there. I receive press clippings and press notes from Warhammer and Warhammer 40K, things, products, games, you name it, anything relating to either of those IPs, seemingly every week, because seemingly sure, something yeah. pops up every week. But the Warhammer and Warhammer 40K properties are, are, are I don't want to say they're big, I'm, and I'm saying this in respectful fashion, I don't want to say they're huge, but they have their audience, They but it's a niche audience. I well, want to know I think, what you, I want to know your thoughts on this. Am I wrong in saying that? Because the fact is, it's not mainstream, in my opinion. And no, I want to know the, why it isn't, and why, and just basically, what's it all about, and can it get to that point? So I'm going to throw all this stuff at you and let you do the whole rest of the talking. I'll let you and Melinda, if she's got an opinion on it as well, obviously interject in, of course, as much as you want. But tell us all about why people should care about Warhammer and Warhammer 40K. Well. You say that it's niche, and it's definitely right. But the only reason that it's niche is because of the the volume of actual. No, that's, that's, yeah, just the, the popularity. Like, that's what yeah. I want to. If like, it's not a general mainstream, like you oh, yeah. cannot compare it to Marvel. You cannot no, compare it to a DC like, or like, like when yeah. like what what niche used to be would be like oh I'm into Lord of the Rings right and you had these three Bible sized books that you would go through but then the movies happen. And yeah, now they're mainstream. Now it's accessible. And everyone at that point was like, oh man, reading Lord of the Rings was a, you know, it's a triumph. Like, you know, you, you put it on your bookshelf. You're like, yeah. And then if you're really into it, you got the Sumerian. And then people would come over and be like, oh, you've read the Sumerian? And be like, yeah. They'd be like, oh, wow, you don't just have the book. You actually read it. And be like, yes. And then things like Harry Potter came out, which were, you know, seven book series. You know what I mean? Like, so it started training people to read a little bit more i don't and think that was had, niche for very long though i think oh, that no. blew up right that, away that blew up real quick because it also was timed up perfectly for the the youth that was coming up but you still had to walk yourself through you know what i mean like you had to do the seven bucks to really have it if you weren't a reader you could do the compendium with the uh with the movies and get pretty much all that you needed so like that was a huge thing and then you have like the like the dark tower guys that are like oh really seven bucks so you you want to have a conversation about what it is to invest into a series here's that then you had a uh, wheel of time wheel of time which was like the end all be all you could have a nerd story with anybody and you finally if you're one of the nerds in the group and you're like yeah but have you done wheel of time everyone was like no one does the wheel of time you know that's 14 books all of them over 2,000 pages you know what i mean like oh really and you're like yeah i've done the wheel of time they're like wow it's almost like you're talking to a prison guard you know, like how, how long have you been in? You know, how long, have, what time have you spent to get into this? So you take all of those, every series I just mentioned, and Warhammer's bigger than all of those combined. There's more books, more pages, more graphic novels, more lore, more individual stories, because it hasn't just been written by one writer. It's been written by, I mean, well over 20 for well over 30 years. So it, it is... It's only unaccessible because of the amount 
that you need to dive into. And there's no clear place like you there's should no start here. No, yeah, I, start I mean, here and then follow the series because yeah. it it the it jumps all over the place. Sure. It jumps like Primarchs, no Primarchs. Yeah. Their Primarchs are coming back. No, they're not. It jumps. It just jumps all yeah. over the place. And that's just the lore, let alone the game. Yeah. I mean, like to get into the game, you're looking to spend eighty to ninety dollars at the most bare minimum just to show up and play at your normal game store. Now the game is super rewarding and once you own the mini miniatures and paint them they're yours forever you know what i mean like so you can just keep on going back keep on going back but like to but if your friend shows up and he has like this huge amazing army and all these neat looking things and they're all bespoke there's a little bit of pay to win you know there really is when it comes to the actual tabletop rpg aspect of it oh that's cool you have a lot of psychic powers on the uh, on the table your friend has a little bit more money than you it's like i'm gonna go negate that next time i play you so we can go to the shop and pretty much undo you and until you have enough money to go to the shop and figure out how to negate him you're going to be stuck in a forever disadvantage of the war mm -hmm. so those are all the reasons that people don't get into it and they yeah. call that like a gatekeeping and i don't think that's true at all because i i think that it's just it's a lot to start into like i think that people get overwhelmed with the options possibilities factions storylines like you, you can read like for example the horus heresy and that would be the same size as harry potter all of them just one small aspect of the story now it's integral but like just to get the basics the understanding like you're, you're talking about reading something of the size of Harry, the entirety of harry potter so i don't think it's inaccessible it just takes a long time but especially with like youtube now you have so many people that break down you know the stories and you have so many people that are doing amazing audio reading so even if you can't afford the audio narration you can find someone on facebook that has adapted it themselves and can really bring you into the story and like who is horace who is you know like all these characters and the reason that i got into it is because not just the size i you know like i, I am a content order i love huge stories but it's original yes tolkien is highly influenced by a lot of it but i mean what in fantasy isn't highly influenced by tolkien i mean like he is the grandfather for a reason but when you actually get in through all the stories you're gonna find new pieces of lore and generation and story concepts if you're a storyteller at all when it comes to tabletop rpgs just a fan fiction writer or somebody that just wants to hear something that hasn't been told before it's a whole new mythos it really is and it, and it bleeds in between not just the warhammer 40k but it also starts with a you know age of sigmar in the center and then warhammer fantasy on the other end as well so you're never going to run out of content i mean i'm a huge fan and i have never looked I've, I've there's never been a time been like i wish you'd come up with something else like there's always more stuff to go check out yeah and i i was lucky enough to play the warhammer fantasy tabletop rpg game for a little while the mechanics a lot like call of cthulhu if you're mm -hmm if you're curious about that you think you're squishy as a level one D&D player <laughs> no you've got nothing on the early levels in the uh, Warhammer RPG game and the RPG game and the tabletop war game were, that Rob was talking about with the minis and, and buying armies and painting and all of that stuff are two very different things too oh yeah so there's even different versions of tabletop games that you play it's it's wild it's huge yeah you can go and be any three types of nerds you could be a nerd that just likes the lore 
you know, like you can just get into it for the stories that they tell. You can get into it because you enjoy building incredible minis and painting them. Or you can get into it because you like the tabletop aspect of it. You want to go to a game shop and you want to play a tournament or any of that kind of stuff. Roll the game. Uh, there's books for all three different things. There's mm -hmm. YouTube channels for all three different things. Now, you can be a nerd for all three of them or just one. You know, like you don't it. One part of the hobby doesn't supersede the other part of it. Also, I think it's one of the best examples of grimdark I've ever read. And that comes with wonderful gallows humor. It really is a depressive setting at the end of society when your best chance of defense is a demagogue that is a complete dictator that's taken over the world and says my might makes right and he is the good guy of the story you know what i mean like if that doesn't wrap up the entirety of the tragedy of everything mm. your worst person is one of your best but within there there's so much heroism because humanity can only prosper when it's faced with adversity i mean like uh, heroism only exists in the face of horrific events that precede it and that's what you get constantly with warhammer 40k and you also get huge moral dilemmas within yourself sometimes you're going to be reading something and somebody is constantly forced within the gray they don't have an opportunity not to be multifaceted as a character because there is no linear good guy there is no linear bad guy all the chaos gods that are completely evil they're also reflections of the best parts of humanity just corrupted like for example slanesh can be complete excess and complete going into the absurdities of the human condition and wanting more think of it like a drug fiend almost mm -hmm. but she also represents self-perfection and wanting to work on yourself and be, you know, the best you can possibly be. So that moral ambiguity in between all the chaos gods and all the factions and all the different Xenos, which would be their term for alien races around you, the, you get to essentially create your own story behind your own army and love who you like to do because there's going to be heroes and villains in all the factions with the except of, you know, the Tyranids because they're just brainless bugs, but... <laughs> Other than that, talk about some Starship Troopers. But like, right, yeah. yeah. And a good place to, I know we've been talking about how hard it is to to get involved in it because the, the lore oh. and the information is, there's just massive amounts of it out there. But uh, he's actually become a, a pretty good friend of ours. I think we can say that. We recommend jumping into Voldemort. He has a YouTube channel and he really is a beginner's guide to Warhammer 40k and Rob found him very early in his YouTube career and we've been following him ever since. There is some toxicity when it comes to the Warhammer community but like if you want to start off like someplace completely safe highly recommend Voldemort. Absolutely. But like he everything is just very fun very warming he does beginner's guides to everything and once you start putting your toes in I hate to say it but it, it you will get obsessed with all of it because there's just so many layers you can just continuously walk through and 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 also the the things that you're interested in like let's say that you like the tech mechanicus which would be the the robotic aspect of humanity like you can just hang out with the techs read novels about the techs get the tech army if that big walkers big mechs big you know like I mean like the ideas the philosophies behind the the cyber, you know, like all of that, like they're, they have a whole religion that they, that they're into. 
And if you're not into any of that, you can go over to the orcs that are just hanging out and they're good old rough and tumble boys and huge comedy. And every single thing that you read of theirs is going to make you laugh. And it's all satirical and lampoonish. And then you can go to the ultramarines, which would be like, hey, I actually like history. I want to know how this happened. What this, you know, what was, what were the recourses of this war and why did they do it in the first place? How many tanks? Read an ultramarine, like, you know, codex or manual or whatever have you. Because it's just the breadth is so big, you know, like it's just so much information that you get to make Warhammer into your Warhammer. The only thing I wanted to ask you this, and then we'll uh, go ahead and head the show on out with some Marvel talk, is if somebody has to go ahead and choose first off, which way would you lean them? Warhammer or Warhammer 40k? I'd go Warhammer 40k right now just because there's just so much more content creators. So to jump into it raw right now, starting from the beginning, I would go Warhammer 40k just because there's going to be more people online already to help you through some of it or recommend some of the right ways to go. If you want to do the painting to the minis, it's going to be almost exclusively Warhammer 40k. There's just a larger community for that right now. Yeah, you can watch and you can paint minis along with Henry Cavill as well. Yeah, right. So if you like him, if you like Superman, you can paint an army with him if you want. Yeah, he's pretty into Warhammer. So very interesting. Very interesting thing. And maybe the fact that he might pop up in a TV series down the line because you know, oh, he yeah. likes already doing the video game related series. So there's been talk about him and Mass Effect. You never know. Him and Warhammer could be a hey, deal. Yeah. For all the nerds at home, which if you're watching us, Pop Culture Cosmos, you probably are one of our family. Henry Cavill's the one that won. You know, you got, <laughs> got to be Gerald, man. There you go. We'll see what happens there. But it is Warhammer and Warhammer 40K. The world is out there waiting for you. Are you ready to tackle it? And if you are, if you have any questions on Warhammer, Warhammer 40K, I can always get a hold of Rob. We can always go ahead and answer your questions on that. Please let us know, is the Warhammer or Warhammer 40K universe right for you? Let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos and Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friends, it's been great having you both on the show. As always, Melinda, I just tell you what, you were looking forward to a more impactful December coming up here in the next few weeks. And I cannot thank Robbie enough for stopping by on this week's program. And Melinda, like I said, there's more stuff coming up on the way because then we get into Spider-Man and now we get into Matrix Resurrections and then we get into all the Christmas programming. And then all we, we get into all the Oscar buzz that they're coming out as far as later this month. And then we get into the best and worst of 2021. So we're going to be talking more of that as the month ends. But before we head on out, Wanted to throw some good news for 2021 that happened that you may have not expected. And one of those things I did not expect was that the Marvel television shows 
would be as well-produced, well-loved, well-appreciated, and important to the MCU. I thought that I wasn't sure as far as how much Disney and Marvel would go ahead and put into it. But Melinda, first, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Your thoughts on the good news of 2021 being Marvel's turn to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, they kind of set the standard, Marvel did, with their television shows lining up with their movies so well when they were doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that that kind of solidified the idea. I think there's a lot of expectation around that, and I think as long as they continue to deliver on that kind of premise, I think that Marvel television is going to do just fine. But, but with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that you cannot say that it had any, even though it was on for several seasons, seven, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it still didn't earn that that kind of I gotta watch it every week attitude. Whereas with the Marvel yeah. shows, it seemingly it was the talk of pop culture each and every week. Even you know, with Hawkeye not doing as well, we still had a, a estimated 1.3 million viewers still watching it. Still, uh, you know, still something. It's it's the most popular show on Disney Plus. It's still something that Disney Plus viewers talk about, and it's something that pop culture we still talk about here every week. I didn't feel that same kind of buzz with either the Netflix shows or the shows that, you know, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agent Carter, which I absolutely loved the first season of and unfortunately fell off the tracks from there. And, uh, you know, obviously we know about the the debacle known as the Inhumans. So, I mean, Marvel's track record on television hasn't been all that great, but their return to television on Disney Plus has been something no less than outstanding. I think part of that has to do with connectivity. Like even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I enjoyed the show quite a lot, you would get Easter eggs. You wouldn't like watching the show didn't give you huge pieces of the information that would be relevant within the movie. It was always reactionary instead of actionary. You know, like they would do something cool on the movies and then it would show up as an Easter egg on the show instead of the other way around well what it did was it, it really drove home the the or the importance of getting out to see the movie opening weekend because the next episode of shield was going to have something in it that was going to give away at least a part of what that movie was so i'm, I'm just trying to say that the the agents of shield show kind of set the standard for the influence that the movies can have over tv and that the tv can have over the movies yeah, but i think right now with the disney plus you're getting more of the the tv like you like you need to watch wandavision to understand the new doctor strange that's coming up right that's what that's what i mean mean. like agents of shield set all of that up yeah but but instead of so so i think we're agreeing on the same thing yes but where the tv used to be reactionary now it's like forward yes so i think that's probably one of the biggest differences probably one of the reasons they're spending so much money i mean like how expensive was it to get that kind of talent to do an eight part 10 part 12 part series I mean, the money's there, the production's there, the writing has mm-hmm. to be there, or you can't justify the price tag. Contracts, baby. Hey, write the <laughs> check. You know? Absolutely. But yes, I think it's something that has exceeded my expectations. Whether or not each and every episode has, that's a different story. It's about the expectations people have in watching it. It's about the expectations people have in talking about it. Feedback people have been giving the show. The, the thing that people are talking about is the fact that we're talking about Marvel on a weekly basis, emanating from, like we said before, WandaVision, that coming out and getting everybody's attention. Then you had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. That came out, and that came out to a lot of interest. People were worrying about what's going on with the U.S. agent as far as him going rogue and him going bad and doing things his own way and 
all that intrigue and story there. And obviously Sam Wilson's flight to become Captain America. That was just such a great storytelling device right there. Cannot appreciate enough the, the fact of what happened there and seeing how that's going to affect Captain America going forward in the future. Then you had Loki, which again, depending on who you talk to, has set up the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for this phase or sure. people cannot stand it for whatever reasons but i'm going to tell you right now i absolutely loved loki especially the ending of loki i just really think it was just something special you had the what if shows that really got better as time went on and really think that it culminated in a lot of questions that would love to be answered we are actually getting an extra season of that so we'll see what happens in season two of that and then it's all culminating in hawkeye which to me again has has succeeded and exceeded my expectations on a Hawkeye character and what it can do and also introducing us to a whole array of characters that will be a major part of the future of the MCU. So I think that Disney Plus and Marvel deserves a great round of credit for what they've done for the the Disney Plus series because they've got us talking about the MCU and not just on the big screen. They've been able to do it. In fact, in a lot of occasions, people are talking more about what's coming on to Disney Plus with these Marvel shows then what's actually come onto the big screen with the Eternals, Shang-Chi, yeah. and also Black Widow. Yep. Oh, the poor Eternals. They just didn't <laughs> take enough time for themselves. No, they didn't. What are you going to do? But for good news this year, it was Marvel on TV, yep. it Disney Plus, and all the great shows that they had there. I'm looking forward to the future because they've already announced several series along the way, and now this is going to be a regular part of Disney Plus where Hopefully you will see Star Wars and Marvel and hopefully other shows that are going to come along the way. We talked about Disney Plus. One of their issues is fresh content. Well, over the course of the next 12 to 18 months to 24 months, hopefully you will see much more new content and the Marvel Universe will be part of it, telling the great stories that we hope will be told going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But if you folks out there have any thoughts and opinions on the good news that was brought on by Disney and Marvel with the great Marvel shows coming that came to Disney Plus in WandaVision, Captain America, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as it were, although it ended up Captain America and Winter Soldier, plus also as well Loki, What If, and now Hawkeye, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode. Thank, cannot thank you enough, both of you, for stopping by. Any last thoughts, either of you two, on the way out? Check out Voldemort, man. Free plug, honestly. The Sons of the Sons of uh, Dorn, by the way, f- came to me at the very end. Check that out, episode one. If that doesn't make you fall in love with it, trust me, my husky voice is not gonna not gonna do it for you. So if that <laughs> one doesn't do it, let's see what happens. But tr- well, uh, try it out. Your, your husky free. voice. What about your husky voice every week on Vampires and Mutate? What are you two up to and why should people care? You can check us out with our beautiful faces every single Sunday. Actually, the Pop Culture Cosmos, other than this one, when it comes to our tabletop RPGs, it's our only video casted show. We're very proud of that. Took a lot of work to get to that point. It is a highly narrative show. There is battle of there, of course, but it's more RPG. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more role playing throughout the yeah. entirety. This is going to be our second season. We have a brand new cast. Very excited. Uh, you can start off with uh, season two, episode one. You don't have a lot to catch up with. So uh, why don't you uh, check us out? You can also get our fully curated podcast. It's going to be with musical beds, edits, uh, and just a little 
I know Melinda does a lot of hard work with it. Huge amounts, huge amounts. Uh, but you can catch that every single Friday. In fact, a lot of people actually prefer still, even our Lorncore fans, they'll watch us just to watch our stupid facial expressions on Twitch. And then they'll actually go back and uh, listen to the actual curated podcast that drops every Friday. Very nice indeed. And Melinda, I mean, any thoughts on Vampires and Vitae? I mean, obviously you and Rob seem to have a great time, plus the cast seems to have a great time in doing it. Yes, definitely. And all of the characters, I can say this because I helped everybody but Tyler create their characters. All of the characters have very saucy secrets that will come out over the, the period of the season. So, And some secrets are bigger than others. Some secrets are huge. There you go, indeed. All right. Well, look out for it. It is Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcast, the fully curated versions that Melinda works a lot on. And also as well, <laughs> yes, got to go ahead and just catch that. So if you can, please go ahead and check out Vampires and Vitae. Please, it's worth the listen. Or if you want to watch it and you want to watch them in full 720, 1080, whatever kind of people. I think it, we're 720. Or? Yeah, I don't think my processor can handle 1080 yet. Okay. It'll, it'll it probably, choke, it it'll probably choke on 4K. It'll chug, 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 chug. Yes, on right, 4K. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and check them out in beautiful living color, please check them out every Sunday right there for you. Sunday afternoon right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Or you can catch their previous episodes right now in the video section. Absolutely. And the story that comes out of this man's brain is, is pretty rad. So Tomorrow. check it out. I do things every once in a while. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, indeed. But please check it out. Vampires and Vitae. It's there for you right now at Pop Culture Cosmos and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you two, it's been amazing having you on the show. I look forward, Melinda, having you back on. Obviously, sitting back in the seat, the hot seat. Rob, you're always welcome to join in. The red carpet's I'll, open I'll for you. So. Uh, all I do is look up nerd news. So. I think I'm going to be okay if I want to sit down. That's for sure. Well, there you go. So, yes, you're always welcome back. Anytime you want to sit in with us here in the multiverse. Remember, we've got a Monday show coming up. Josh and I will be in the hot seat where we'll be talking about some good things, including Halo Infinite is on the way. It's due to drop the campaign part of it next week. So we'll talk about that. Plus also Jeff Sloboda from the MCU's Bleeding Edge. I was on his show this week talking Hawkeye. He's going to be talking on the Monday show about Hawkeye, plus also his expectations for Spider-Man No Way Home. And there's an 80s property, truly 80s property, which has been revived. Oh, no. And the story has been told, it, the story has been extended, a sequel, a long-awaited sequel to an 80s movie. I'm not going to say hit movie, but an 80s cult movie is now in actually it's it's out it's out it's out in the story form it's out in the novel form i didn't even know it existed oh, I, it's something oh. that i didn't even remember something that i remember watching the movie at the time and, and thinking oh okay there's supposed to be a sequel and it never came out well lo and behold almost 40 years later it came out and i'll tell you what that is <gasps> is it the never-ending story uh, not quite, not quite oh. indeed, but I will tell you what that is. It's an 80s iconic cult movie. So we'll go ahead and talk about the book sequel, which has finally come out after all these years, coming up on Monday at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Robbie Ross and Melinda Barkhouse, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful Hi. day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself 
are great.